0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money saver tire and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: You know what's funny is I was listening to the end of the morning show there, and they were talking about halftime shows. You know what's wild, especially given the current climate of the, of the political world? I think it was about 30 years ago that the halftime show, I want you to think about this for a second, was Clint Black, Travis Tritt, and the Judds. Can you imagine a universe... Well, first of all, any country act would be doing the halftime show because that's far too white. That'll never happen. That's hillbilly stuff, so we can't do that. Maybe, maybe it could be Luke Combs, but outside of that, it's just not going to happen. But imagine a universe where someone's like, you know, guys, i got a great idea for a halftime show. Yeah, what is it? Travis Tritt and the Judds. Wait a second, you mean like Girls' Night Out Judds? You mean, Mama, he's crazy? You mean, uh, uh, Grandpa? Tell me about the good old day. That was the Like, what did the Judds sing in this halftime show? They don't have up-tempo numbers. I don't know what the hell they would have been singing. But anyway, hello. I'm Josh. Rockio's here. We're in for balloon party. Greetings, friends. Glad you're with us today. But I was, like, Travis Tritt at least had some up-tempo bangers. So, like, Travis Tritt could come out there and do a little T-R-O-U-B-L-E, and you'd be like, yeah! Clinton Black's out there doing... the hell was one of those Clint Black songs? What's it? I'm drawing a blank on a Clint Black song. Oh, um, oh, uh, well, summer's coming. I'm the first one standing in line. Oh, day in the sun, I will work until the sun don't shine. What's amazing about all these country singers of the early 90s is they all work 24 hours a day. I don't know where they had time to have fun. Versus the current country singers who they just sing about partying 24 hours a day. But imagine, uh, because Travis Tritt is one of these, uh, what you would call a trumper, right? He's one of those dudes, right? So, I couldn't fathom a universe where on television, at halftime, old white country singer, right-wing dude. I have a dream, though. My dream for a halftime show is this. I want like a big-time, one-hit wonder, like a troll halftime show. That would be a dream of mine. Like, they never tell you who it is. They keep it top secret all year long. They're like, we don't tell you who it is. It's like a masked man. You have no idea who this is for all year, 12 months. We have no clue who it is, no announcement. And then you come out, and it's like Ace of Base And you're like, what the hell is Ace of Bass doing on TV? And they're singing the sign. And then they're done. And then Ace of Bass exits the stage. And here's Los Del Rio doing the Macarena. And then you get their Macarena in. And wow, what is John Sakata doing here? And then wow, is, is is that Bobby, is that New Edition? Actually, that would rule. If New Edition did the halftime show, that would be the ultimate halftime show. Little If It Isn't Love. Little Mr. Telephone Man? Little candy girl. A little can you stand the rain? Oh. That would be my dream for a halftime show. Just total mystery. And then a bunch of like one hit wonder has been types. Like, ladies and gentlemen, Pebo Bryson. He might be dead. Which would be a shocker to everybody. A Peebo Bryson hologram. That would be the ultimate halftime show. Is he dead? 72 and healthy. Ah, Peebo's alive! Bring him out in his full from him and Jeffrey Osborne. Bring out Jeffrey Osborne to do On the Wings of Love. That would be a halftime show. Up and above the clouds, the only way to fly is on the wings of love. Speaking of crooners, I thought Usher did pretty good. It wasn't like the most exciting halftime show. But it was a pretty good halftime show. Like, musically, I'm all about that life. The music that we got in the halftime show last night was solid. And the reason it was solid is because it takes me back to 2004. 2004, I was in high school. I was 17, 18 years old at the time. And I played on the high school basketball team. And I know you look at me now and you go, how the hell did you play on the high school basketball team? Well, A-holes, I was a three-year letterman on the basketball team, and I scored 19 points in a game one time, and that included hitting three threes in that game. So up your nose with a twirling lawnmower, friends, because I was a baller. There weren't a lot of 6'3 kids in the 1990s? No, not many. No, first of all, it was 2004. (laughs) Okay, and second of all... No, they were that was a very short team we faced. <laughs> I would be I was an undersized center. Yeah. I'm like white guy, six three. Really, I was like six two, but on the on the roster it said like six five, but in reality, I'm just this big ogre, can't dribble, can't do anything. But I made three threes in that game because they sagged defensively on me. So what happened to me was I would catch the ball at the top of the key and they go, Hey, the white guy with the goggles, just who he ain't gonna score. And then as I took the three-pointer for the first time, collectively, in unison, everybody associated with our team was like, Josh, no! And then I drilled it, and I said, yeah, now what? And then I did it again, because they sagged again. Then they sagged again, and I hit three threes in a row. And then the dude defending me started playing defense. (laughs) And then I never hit a three again. But it was a moment. But I tell you all that to tell you this about Usher. So, as you may have picked up on from listening to me, despite my conversations about soulful R&B of the 1980s, I am a white dude. I am a fat white dude. And generally speaking, in basketball... There aren't a lot of fat white dudes that play. This isn't a ninth. This isn't Teen Wolf. Like in Teen Wolf, there's a morbidly obese dude playing basketball with a man wolf person. That doesn't happen in real life. In real life, it's usually like 14 black dudes and one white dude. Well, I was one of like three white dudes on the team. So I had to try to find ways to kind of. endear myself to the black dudes on the team, right? That's kind of like I was always nervous. Not that I'm afraid of black dudes by any means. I love black dudes. But when you're in high school and these dudes are like the gods of the school and some of them are going to play D1 basketball and you're just this kind of dopey white dude wearing goggles, you're like, oh god how do I endear myself to these guys? Also, before I tell you how I endeared myself to those guys, I do want it to be known that um I wore goggles. That's number one, rack specs. Number two, I was also the public address announcer for the basketball team. So I so played you did the team
2: introductions. <laughs> I at the did start? the intros. Okay, I was the PA I see now, I know where this is going. And I played.
1: It was awesome. It
2: was a great. Thing. Did you also develop a nice hook shot just so you fit in the your center? You you, you know maybe you wore number thirty three. I got wore number forty
1: one. Did you did you develop the hook shot to try to maybe totally? That, That's all that, that In your way, okay. That's, That's all makes I sense. had. That makes I would sense. like I couldn't even think about passing because if I did I'd turn it over. So if I caught it in the post hook shot. That's all I had. But anyway, there were these dudes that would go to every game when I would announce the starting lineups, and they would call me Jimmy the Greek the whole time. They'd say, they go, Jimmy the Greek! Jimmy the Greek's in the game! Get him, Jimmy the Greek! I'm like, okay. they call me, I'm like, why am I Jimmy the Greek? I don't know. You're the, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so, back to Usher. Usher Raymond, 2004, Confessions, one of the greatest albums of all time, right? And I'd argue... That if you look at the top five albums of the last 25 years, pop albums, Confessions is in the top five. Somewhere right along with Teenage Dream, which is an amazing album featuring hit after hit after hit by Miss Katy Perry, and Born This Way would be another top five album of mine by Miss Lady Gaga, featuring songs like Born This Way and You and I and Judas. Really great album. And I'd make an argument for Red. The original version, not Taylor's version, because it's weird hearing a 35-year-old woman sing high school songs now. But the original version of Red was great. So anyway, I get on the bus one day, and I'm a big Ludacris guy. Ludacris is my dude. Ludacris, Nelly. Because early 2000s, late 90s rap R&B game, exponentially better than now. Like You know what the the R&B rap game is now? Post Malone. Did you see Post Malone last night? He sang it with a country flair. You know what Post Malone looks like? He looks like if Jelly Roll started mainlining Ozempic. And they're like, "Ah, there he is, it's Post Malone." But anyway, that's actually live for like the 2027
2: Super Bowl halftime show. It's Post Malone and, and Jelly Roll.
1: Yeah, and also by the way, I don't dislike I don't dislike him. He's fine. He's got some solid jams. But there's a lot of bad rap slash urban slash R&B music. Now, it sucks now. It's just a bad era for it, because everything's got to have a message, and it's all slow, and it all sounds the same. Go to the early You know what the message was in the early uh, 2000s? Good gracious asses bodacious. Uh, Like, that's what it was. Shake your tail feather. You know, uh, what you doing, nothing chilling at the Holiday Inn, who you with me and my peeps will true, bring four of your French chingling was on that song, St. Lunatics. But anyway, so I was on the bus with these guys, and one day, I just started doing the ludicrous hook in a song called Lovers and Friends. I'm just on the bus, and I'm like, watch this. And I said, this is going to endear me to these guys. I'm going to be their favorite white guy forever. So I said, all right, baby, look here. Sometime want to be your lover. Sometime want to be your friend. Sometime want to hug you. Hold hands, slow down, so the record spin. Open up your heart. You said I made you feel so comfortable. Used to play back then. Now you all grown up like Rudy Huxtable. I could be your bub. You can beat me up. Play fight in the dark that we both make love. I do. Anything just to feel your butt? Why you? Got me so messed up. I don't know, but you got to stop tripping, tripping. Be a good girl now. Turn around and get these whippings. You know you like it like that. You don't have to fight back. Here's a pillow bite. I don't know if that- this can keep going over YouTube. Why? Why am I are we going, am I going to get us knocked off for copyright infringement? <laughs> this might be copyright infringement. I'm like, not sure. There's no really Luda? The problem
2: is is like if it's copyright infringement does there have to be actual rhythm and
1: like hey, don't to be a it- dick? That's not nice. <laughs> That's not nice. You do it. You go ahead. I, oh, rock you. I could oh, not. you got to have rhythm. You I go ahead not. and you do a ludicrous verse. Not, uh, I, I was going to say, stop, drop, kaboom, baby, rub on your nipples. Some call me ludicrous. Some call, you uh, you do fact that. The that
2: you're not like. Like, clip, like you're not
1: stopping or resetting I love is unbelievably impressive Look out, right my now. You ridiculous in the club looking so conspicuous and row These has, women are on the prowl. A cool rhythm. And, that, that has a rhythm to it. I like that one. If you hold the head steady, I'm a mill. See, so I would do this on the bus, and then all the dudes on the team would go, Scooby, no! And they loved it. They called me Scooby. That was my nickname in high school. It's on my Letterman jacket. Scooby. Boss, they didn't even know my name. <laughs> so Scooby, Jimmy the Greek, was there any other ones? Uh, Horace. Now, when I would go on the road Horace. and play basketball games, I wore goggles. So people would call me Horace. They'd say, Horace Grants here! Grant's here! I'm like, like why I mean, I would say I'm more like a, I don't know, like, a, what's his name? Who's that white dude from the Lakers that wore the goggles? Rudy Tomjanovich. No, not, not oh, Rudy no, Tom. No, John- my, my apologies. Uh um, Kurt Rambis, Rambis. Rudy Tom Jonovich. Rudy Tom Janovich, John- John- he got assaulted by Kermit Washington. Like, literally assaulted on the basketball court. Like, destroyed his whole face and everything. Just. Yeah. Where are, you, where are you at, Rocky? I know, listen, as a guy who wore I'm goggles sorry. in high school, I know all the dudes who wore goggles. The They're Rex spe- McFrat? Yeah, oh, totally, man. I used to break my Rex specs. Like, one time I threw them down on the ground and got a technical. Yeah. Anyway, there was a Super Bowl last night. I guess we can talk about that. All that to tell you this. Usher, good halftime show, solid musically, and Confessions, one of the top five albums of the last 25 years. When we come back, I will sing Burn in its entirety. Stay there.
0: We are right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Tom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: So I'm reading a text. Josh, I'd love to hear your take on how ridiculous the former Rams fans are for caring at all about the Super Bowl, and even more, more so. Why the Chiefs are not our team, exclamation point. It's pitiful watching my friends lose their bleep over another team winning a game that means nothing to uh, this region of the state. I hate the Chiefs, and I hate Kansas City. So I'm kind of confused by the message of this. Is this person intimating that they're annoyed that their friends are not Chiefs fans, or are they annoyed that their friends have converted to Chiefs fans? I can't really read it totally, but I will tell you this: Kansas City can kiss my ass, and I hope many of you also feel the same way. Did, what did you take from that? Do you think this person was pro Chiefs? I or? think he's neg- I think he's anti Chiefs. Good. Yes, I think he's Be anti, anti- think he's Chiefs. He's saying that
2: he, he, he doesn't want. He thinks Ram, former St. Louis Ram fans shouldn't care about the Super Bowl at all, and he says that even more so it annoys him that Ram fans that have glommed on to the Chiefs and then are then getting pumped up about a Super Bowl win.
1: First of all, as a kid. There was no football in the state when I started watching football, so I was into the Chiefs for a little bit as a kid. Derek Thomas is my favorite all-time football player. I used to have a poster on my wall that had Derek Thomas and Neil Smith. Rush Hour was the poster. Loved those guys. Loved all the crappy quarterbacks they had that couldn't win a damn playoff game. I'm old enough to remember that. I'm old enough to remember when Tony Gonzalez was a great tight end, but no one remembers him now because he's not banging Taylor Swift. But either way, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing, though. I moved on to Louisiana. I became a Saints fan because I moved there when I was 10 years old, and I lived there until I was 23, 24. My family still lives there. So I consider myself to be a Saints fan. That said, I'm a fan of St. Louis. This is a city that I always wanted to live in, always wanted to work in. Growing up, I was born in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. I've lived all over the place, but my family, for the most part, grandmas, aunts, uncles, all Poplar Bluff people. And we were St. Louis Cardinal baseball. We were Blues, and we were Rams. Because at that point in my life, Rams, or my grandpa, who is mainly the reason I'm into sports, my grandpa was a big red guy. Loved the big red. My dad was a big red guy. So when I watch Kansas City celebrating another Super Bowl, knowing that their Nepo baby owner, Clark Hunt, said that, um, oh, St. Louis should have football. And then, oh, when he had a chance to vote on it, didn't vote for St. Louis to have football. So, back when that happened, I was on the radio in Philadelphia, and obviously nobody in Philadelphia cared if the Rams played in St. Louis, L.A., whatever, but I decided to dedicate a whole damn hour to it, and you wonder why I got fired. But I dedicated a whole damn hour to the fact that it was embarrassing and terrible for the people of St. Louis to lose another football team, because the NFL essentially conspired and Cronky and all these guys were desperate to get the NFL out of St. Louis. I cannot watch the Chiefs on television and watch them win a Super Bowl and be happy about it. I refuse to be happy about it. Because people in St. Louis, great sports city. Oh, city of this size that's put three million people in a stadium for baseball year after year after year. Back in the mid-80s? When nobody was doing that other than New York teams and LA teams, you know who was Doing it? The Cardinals were doing it Why? Because the people here in St. Louis Are incredible sports fans. Blues fans Fill up every game and they have basically Since the beginning of time. Soccer Comes to town. You know what happens? The damn place Is full. Battle Hawks. 34,000 People to watch a fairy tale made up Football league in a crappy stadium Why? Because we've got incredible Sports fans here and the people Of this city did not Deserve to lose a football team not once but twice so screw Kansas City and by the way as I said on Friday do you think that if like the Royals left Kansas City which would anybody even notice the Royals are obsolete and have been forever but if the Royals left Kansas City do you think that handful of people who are Royals fans would say well looks like I'm a Cardinals fan now no they'd hate you Just like I hate the Chiefs, and just like a lot of people hate the Chiefs, and I want everyone to join me in hating the Chiefs, because they're awful, they're loathsome, and I hate them. I'm petty. It's well documented that I'm petty. We've had this discussion before. I'm extremely petty as it relates to that. Do you think that uh, Kansas City is thrilled when the Cardinals win a World Series? Well, probably because no. the vast majority of the people in Kansas City are Cardinals fans. Trust me, I was I was in Columbia
2: during 2011, and I can vouch for the fact that, no, they were very much not happy at what was happening that year.
1: So they're allowed to dislike stuff that we have that's successful. But the second, we don't have football, in part because their owner, and he can tell you whatever he wants, he's thrilled that there's no football in St. Louis because old Clark Hunt can come over here and be like, Hey, guys! St. Louis, we're your team now. It's a big money thing. Of course it is. Cronky can kiss my ass and kiss all of our asses. So the point being in all of this is I will forever be bitter about that because once you lose a football team, it essentially knocks your city down multiple pegs. And we don't need anything else that knocks our city down more pegs. I was reading a story today. We're not even number one in in murder anymore. We're number three. We can't even have that. We're third in murder. Have you driven in downtown lately? If your tires aren't blown out because of a pothole, your brains are blown out because of a gunshot. So you want me to be happy for Kansas City because, oh, they want another Super Bowl. Screw them. And they will never be happy for the Cardinals if the Cardinals, who have a much better chance of ever winning a World Series again, as opposed to the Royals, I don't care how much money they paid Bobby Witt Jr. and how angry Cardinals Twitter is over it, because we're poor now and the, the Royals are bigger spenders than us, the Royals people are never going to be happy for the Cardinals, and they would be just as happy to somehow steal the Blues from you and move them to Kansas City. They don't care about you, they hate you, and I hate them.
2: We have uh, Courtney on the YouTube chat says, It's against the law here in St. Louis that no St. Louis sports fan cheer for anything Chicago or Kansas City. So I don't know where all these bandwagon Chiefs fans come from all of a sudden.
1: I swear, when I was a kid, I don't remember all of these Chiefs fans. And I'm not even talking about the Taylor Swift people. like that. I get that. They come out of nowhere and a bunch of little girlies and all that. Fine. But I'm talking about people who in this state are just magically Chiefs fans now that Pat Mahomes is there and they're good here's, where were you when Lynn Elliott was missing
2: kicks bro here's the thing though I I this isn't even the most egregious change though because if you look at if you look at what happens after big red leaves people became there were people who became Cowboys fans in this town yeah after what the Cowboys did to the after what the Cowboys did to big red after the calls that the Cowboys received in playoff games versus big red I, I it's it's interesting to me because I grew up and my dad was a St Louis guy. Big red leaves. He became a 49ers fan, which, mm-hmm. as again, it's like a 12 year old in 2003 who's becoming a dire Rams fan. I'm looking at my dad like, I'm sorry, you were a 49ers fan. I hate them. What are you talking about? And yeah. so it's it's always kind of been a weird thing in St. Louis how people choose to be fans after a sport leaves. But the chief and the Chiefs thing happened so perfectly. But at the same time, and maybe maybe part of this is just people who, because for me, going to Columbia. For school at Mizzou, completely changed my perspective on Kansas City because I never thought about Kansas City growing up. But then I get to Columbia, Missouri, and I find I discover that everybody in Kansas City has a deep hatred for St. Louis that I had no idea about. And I'll be honest, that immediately changed how I view Kansas City. And
0: yes, I
1: kind of started my own hatred towards them. Yes, we don't like them. There's a guy who made me hate Kansas City. His name is Bob Fesco. <laughs> Bob Fesco used to be on the radio here, and I think he's a good radio guy. What I mean, like he's a nice guy. I know him. Um, But Bob Fesco has a deep hatred for St. Louis, I'm guessing because he failed here. So he hates it. So he goes to Kansas City and becomes this weird rah-rah homer for Kansas City stuff. Like I'll see his Twitter, and he's like, thank God for Taylor Swift and stuff like that. Like, Christ, dude, you're annoying. And I like him as a person, but his little act that he does on the radio I find to be extremely annoying. And his act is that of a gentleman who you would have thought this guy's a lifelong Kansas City sports fan. Like Royals this and Chiefs this.
2: Get over it! What the hell can we do in this world to have fun? Nothing! Because you're out there saying everything we say is wrong! Tired of it!
1: (laughs) That's a good old Bob Fesco rant for you. God. So and I read his Twitter and I just find it to be loathsome. Like I get where you need to go to a city and you need to adopt the teams because I look, I've had to work on sports radio in multiple cities that I had nothing to do with before I went there.
2: I could have gone pumpkin picking
1: god i'm sorry i just know those are <laughs> in the system and i had to play them we bring them up sorry but what like i would go to cities and i would say like i moved to philadelphia and i was on the radio there and i tried to tell people like listen i'm not a diehard eagles fan i hope you win because i work here and it's good for business but i'm a st louis cardinals fan oh that pisses them off oh my god, what about one nothing game five i'm like yeah we won screw you score a run score a run after the first inning you know, I would do that kind of stuff, and I was a Saints fan. My first game I attended in Philadelphia was a Saints playoff game in which the Saints beat them in the playoffs. Those are my teams. But you have to go to cities and kind of pretend like, you know, you're at least kind of into the teams. Bob Fesco just decided to go over there, and you would have thought this guy was born at Arrowhead Stadium. Like, his, he was conceived at Kaufman in the parking lot, and then he was crapped out of his mom's womb at Kaufman Stadium, delivered by Lynn Dawson. Like, Lenny Dawson's like, hot, hot! And then Bob Fesco is shot out of his mom's womb at Arrowhead. So, yes, I hate Kansas City. I hate them with a passion. So, I'm ha- hey, look, if you're somebody that went to the bars down, hey, it's good for business. Hey, look, I respect the fact that it's good for business when the Chiefs are good here because the bar is good. I want people to be successful. I just hate Kansas City. Screw them. And I want you all to join me in feeling the same way, because they hate you, too. Just know that they hate you, and they're thrilled that there's no football here. All right, we'll be back after this. Balloon Party.
0: we are right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: So speaking of the Blues, good win yesterday, good win the day before. Two wins to start the second half of the season. Still hard to erase the negative taste of the last game of the first half of the season, which was just god-awful, but they're playing much better hockey. And speaking of the Blues... Who were they trolling yesterday? Were they trolling the Chiefs on social media? Were they trolling St. Louis fans? Because if so, that's a real dick move. Who were they trolling? They posted this picture of Taylor. just says, good luck, Taylor. So are they taking a shot at the Chiefs? Or are they legitimately just looking for online clout by including Taylor Swift in something? These are the questions I have. What do you think, Ron?
2: I think clicks, clicks, clicks move things, and I think that it was a, it was a smart tweet because you get every reaction possible. If you're Swifty fans, you're like, "Oh, hey, look at the Blues." If you're just kind of like, if you're kind of like you, you, you're thinking, "Maybe I retweet that." Just cause maybe you quote retweet and go, "What are they even planning here?" Well, my like, first it just, thought it a bunch of different thoughts that that generate, and so
1: that's why I think they do it. My first thought was they were trolling their own fans. Because, like, my problem is you put that up there, you know you're going to get a lot of negative reaction. And what's going to happen is you're going to make your own fans look stupid because a lot of them are just going to yell about it. (laughs) And then your own fans look dumb. I don't like when teams troll their own people, although I don't know that I've ever seen it. But that that felt like they were trolling their own fans.
2: See, for me... With the context that they then had, had another troll uh, text later when the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown in the first half and they had a comment like, still the only team in, in Missouri to score a touchdown today because they, they put yeah. seven against the Canadians, I just wonder if the, if the social media person was just kind of in his bag and he was like, let's let's get some reactions today. Because he was, again, he's taking shots. Sure. He's taking shots of the Chiefs. He's throwing a very kind of pro-Chiefs thing with Taylor at the beginning. I think the social media
1: person was just kind of in their bag yesterday. I hope so. I hope so. I would hope they're not effing with the fans. You know, I mean, obviously, you and I were talking about it. Like, I don't care for Taylor Swift musically, sexually, whatever. I just find her to be annoying now. I used to be a big fan. I was second row at the Taylor Swift concert on the Red Tour. Still have the video on my phone. I'll show it to you during the commercial. Best time ever. How uh, were her but, dance moves during that? Okay. Is equally as terrible as they are now. Okay. The, the thing that annoys me about Taylor Swift is like, you are not a sexual being. Oh, come on well you're not like she's not a sexual being but she tries like ma'am like you your date like you can't you have to embrace what you are like beyonce is a sexual being when she dances you're like I'm aroused
2: nerdy people can be ner- nerdy kind of awkward people like like Taylor Swift can be can be sexual they beings. can but she's but not? but she's not okay fair. she
1: doesn't and I have I th- I don't know if this is my conspiracy or where this came from but I also believe that she either wears a diaper on stage or or she wears those padded underpants that make your ass look bigger because she has no ass.
2: It's hard with all the costume changes. She does a lot of wardrobe changes that are very fast, and so I feel like that could get in the way.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm not even someone that's like, like I'm never watching football again because she's on here. Like that doesn't bother me. I don't care about any of that. Like I get why the the network show or like I'm not stupid or some meathead. I get it. But I, just from strictly from a musical standpoint. The music's not good anymore. And, by the way, this gal, and I understand she got screwed over by her people initially, so how does she return the favor for getting screwed over? She starts putting out the same albums over and over again, just songs she recorded when she was 16 now from the standpoint of a 35-year-old gal, and her dumb fans will go out there and buy them all. I was at Target the other day, and there were three different copies of the same CD. That's smart. First of all... Who buys CDs? Taylor Swift people, I guess, because they're stupid. And then, secondly, it was the same album with three different covers, and they're all going to buy them. So, I mean, she's, I guess it's brilliant. Well, how about Travis going after old Andy Reed last night too like Turner over there like do you think she saw that and she's like God I hope I don't piss him off that bothered you a little I, I it bothered me did,
2: did it It bothered. first of all, I just don't I like, like Travis killing. I don't like him bumping into Reed the man the man's not he's not a young man like you can't be bumping into him although I mean I think it was the way they played it off at the end with with um him saying you know Travis keeps me young and things like that and I think it was funny too if you saw the the postgame reaction at one point Andy Reed like jumped on top of Chris Jones yeah <laughs> which
1: I so I mean I I think he was having fun with it, but you're like, it was, a, it was a bad look in the moment. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. Well, first of all, it was a dick thing to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it's almost like you're trying to put on a show. Like, that that to me, and this was not the case, but that's the kind of reaction a guy gives to someone when he's bet money on the game, and he's like, I need a touchdown. You heard the story a couple weeks ago about the dude that played at LSU, Kayshaun Boutte who uh, bet on himself. He placed like 10,000 bets over the course of a year illegally because he was underaged. But he also bet on himself in the LSU-Florida State game and only had like seven yards. And he started really getting pissy during that game. Well, now we know why. Like, that's that kind of reaction when I saw that. But like, do you think Andy Reid might have peed a little bit, like out of just shock, whenever he ducked him around? Like, he's of that age, like he, a little tinkle. He's like, what the hell? Like, it came out of nowhere.
2: The, man, the man's a three-time Super
1: Bowl champion. He can do whatever. Oh, he that's fine. I think he tinkled a little bit. But the other problem I have, again, watching that, if I'm Taylor, I like, I get like they're still in this young love stage of their relationship. But like, that's got to make her think, like, huh, like, what if I make him mad? What will he do to me? Like, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I'd, that was my first thought: is hmm, everything's good until. What's love got to do with it? and anime is eating the cake is all I'm saying. Eat the cake, anime. Like I wonder if those thoughts were going through her mind because those were going through my mind. I think that's all that's all I'm saying. Also, speaking you don't think of she's this-
2: ever screamed at a production person like that?
1: She, probably,
2: maybe not that close to the face. Maybe you didn't bump them, but you don't think she's ever oh, she ever screamed at a production person at a sound check, Probably oh, come on.
1: I got so many thoughts on this. We
2: all, we all have those moments. Just oh, I've had on, they're plenty. Not a,
1: they're not on national television. I no. have broken many headphones it's in my day bad. in disgust. That's like, I throw them bad. against the wall. I've done it wow. since I've worked here over oh, on wow. Casey. Yeah, I know. I've broken a microphone yeah. arm. Uh, I'm look, look, we all got our, our moments. Broke a mic arm? Oh, like I did. One. I like slammed it down oh, and it broke. No. Yeah, I know. Come but on. fortunately, I had good enough ratings where they were like, that's just Josh, that's his process. When you don't have ratings, they think you're a lunatic. When you break things, you break things when you have no numbers, and they're like this guy. Well, <laughs> no,
2: you're you're a tortured artist. If you're if you're making a lot of money and you do something crazy, you're yes. a tortured artist. If you you're making no money and you do something crazy, you're just a lunatic. Well,
1: it's like Kanye. Back when Kanye was putting out like College Dropout, he was still a lunatic, but he was you know selling records.
2: It's like a 25th anniversary of that. The yeah. Other day.
1: But when you're putting out, you know, Bound. Actually, I should knock Bound. Bound Two is a really good song. Um. Yeah. Good song. But all that to tell you this, that I was really annoyed by the fact that Travis was the one that footed the million-dollar bill for their suite. I feel like that goes against the Taylor Swift feminism movement. They could have at least gone in Dutch on that. So Travis, who makes nowhere near the money she makes, she's like a billionaire, or at least closer to a billionaire than he is. I I think that she should have stepped in and said, all right, hon, hun listen. I'm Taylor Swift. I've got a bunch of dumb girls that are going to go buy the same album 11 times. I'm rich. Let me buy this suite."
2: You got to think you got to think it's like uh you, you you put it on the player's account. Like Travis says, "Hey, I need I need I need one of those. I need one of the suites. Can you figure that out for me?" They go, "Sure. We put it on your account." She got she's got to like Venmo him back for that, right?
1: She, look. That's She's it, the right? rich one, and yeah. I understand it. Like you don't want to be the on. guy that has to have his old lady pick up the tab for things. Yeah. And I guarantee maybe he you calls her the, his old lady. Maybe one of the points. That well, listen, that's a million dollars, bro. And you're rich. Ain't Taylor Swift rich? I mean, I feel like that's something you should understand in your relationship about the mo- the way the money works in your relationship, and yeah. the way the money should work in that relationship, is that Taylor, high yo big yo ladies can do stuff now. She should have been the one that footed the bill for the suite, is all I'm saying. That would have been very progressive. And if they get married, he should be Travis Swift. Like I'm look, I'm all about progressiveness. Let's keep it progressive, man. Let's move forward. You know, that's good. You know, we're moving into the the, this new century of, you know, ladies' empowerment and stuff. You know, girls watch football now. I mean, this is the world we're in, bro.
2: Travis Swift is a better football name than Travis Kelsey. Especially since apparently it's supposed to be Travis Kels. So 100%, Travis Swift, that's a better football name. In it's fact, name. you go into the Hall of Fame name. is Travis Swift, good that name. just makes more sense to me. Like You look at the stats, Travis Swift makes more what sense. What
1: if he hyphenated it? Travis, Travis Kelsey Swift.
2: God, that's a good name. I like a good hyphenate. Yeah, that's a good
1: name. I mean, every team's got three or four dudes with a yeah. hyphenated last name, anyway. Hall so of a
2: mo- presidential assassin—that works for either one. I mean,
1: look—if let me put it this way—if Marquez's last name was just Scantling or Valdez, it wouldn't make sense. But Marquez Valdez Scantling—you're like this guy.
2: You would never hear about the the the, the, the five seven. UCL running back by the name of Maurice Jones-Drew. If it's just Maurice Drew, no,
1: I I I think he'd be selling cars this whole time. Yeah, he's not on TV. He's a used car salesman. Maurice
2: Jones-Drew, though, that that just mojo. hundred percent mojo. There's
1: no mojo if there's no Maurice Jones. I guess technically it could be mojo if he were just Maurice Jones. Ah, But if it were just Maurice Drew, you can't be mojo. I mean, come on, We've, I, but
2: like a, a running, a, an undersized running back with the last name Jones, we got the Jones
1: brothers. It's just yeah. it's not as unique. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. There's no JTT there without Jonathan That's Taylor Thomas. There's one. no home improvement. I don't think I will go so far as to say that there would be no home improvement if his name was just Jonathan Thomas. That's a take. I get it. That's a hot take. But I don't think there would have been a home improvement if there was not Jonathan Taylor Thomas or Zachary Ty Bryant. If his name was just, hey, I'm Zachary Ty, you'd be like, that's doesn't stupid. Work. You have two first names. They're stupid. But Zachary Ty Bryant, you're like, okay.
2: I mean, you we know, got a hit here. We got a show. I got a hyphenate.
1: I think you should. I think that's a must. Yeah.
2: I think that's how I change it up. All right. Yeah. I it's, think that's going to take you places. That's the plan.
1: I mean, you, you're going to go from being just some dweeb that tweets about slew basketball. Passionate. For whatever reason. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? We should leave the, the, the Atlantic 10. ha, ha, ha. What are you talking about? We should go
2: back to the Missouri van. What? What? we were getting a lot of text during the show,
1: and I wasn't able to bring what? it up on the show. I'm so. angry. I'm a passionate slew basketball fan. Don't even get me started on Lindenwood. I got thoughts.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> dope. <laughs>
2: All right, well, <laughs> it got, it, you know, the crazy thing is, I sent that text 100 percent because I do a podcast with Rammer, and I just know there's, I just know there's uh. a, a group of like 12 people who are always tweeting to me, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna get all these people reactions and just see what see what they have because we got a bunch of people on the YouTube chat, just and it takes off away from the show who were just had a, had a 10 minute argument about why Sloane needs to go back to the MVC, and I was like, no, we're not doing this. I'm I'm, I'm getting on Twitter and, and stamping this out. It was completely pointless, but that's my Twitter. I mean, what yeah, else is there for? You hear that story
1: about how? Um... Rick Majerus like showed his poop to the team to get him motivated. I'd never heard that one. You've man. never heard that nope. story. Never heard that so I one. think it was Rick Majerus. Like one time, I forgot if it was when he was. Has this been reported wildly? Well, I mean, it's a, yeah. Uh, look it up. I think that Rick Majerus, former SLU coach, I don't know if this is when he was at SLU or when he was at where was he at Utah. I think at one point they claimed that he 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 like wiped his ass and then showed it to the team and was like, "This is how you guys are playing." You're seeing it? You see it, don't you? And now you can't unsee it. Visualize it now. Rick Majerus is fat ass waddling out of the thing to try to motivate his players with poop. By the way, it's National Poop Day. Don't know if you guys knew that. So, that, look, what, what, the look on your face. The look on your face. It's written all over your face. What did you read? Tell everybody what you read. What did you read? So this What's was, in the box? This
2: was a story uh, pulled from a Deadspin article. Uh, this is a quote. Not knowing what to expect, we sat back eagerly awaiting his next move. What happened next still haunts me to this day. Majerus took the towel, pulled his pants down, and quickly took a dump into the towel, which was he was holding under his ass. After he was done with the... He used part of the towel to wipe, wrapped it up, and handed it back to the manager and told him to throw it away. The kid looked like a deer in giant Rick Majerus headlights. The whole room was silent. Rick just pulled his pants up and went back to the scout, never once
1: mentioning it or acting like anything out of the ordinary had happened. I mean, he uh, there had to have been a maintenance wipe that he would need to do at some point in that, I would think. I don't. Where was he coaching at the time? Was that at Utah? Where else did he coach? Utah, SLU, somewhere else. And being a fat guy myself, that's a tough move to pull off. It's already difficult enough being fat. Imagine being a fat guy. And how big was this towel? Did he poop into a beach towel? A nap? A rag? I don't know. So I don't know where he coached. Look, so there you go. All that to tell you that if you want hot takes on slew basketball, you need to follow Rocchio on Twitter. Because he's got the hottest of takes. And don't be fooled by his little commentary here that he's doing it just to troll people. He's truly passionate about conversations of slew and whether or not they should move out of the Atlantic 10. They're in the Atlantic 10, right? Yep. I love it when schools get into conferences once they're irrelevant <laughs> conferences now. Like when I was in Houston, they all wanted to get into the Big 12. Uh, Houston's got to get to the Big 12. Now they're in the Big 12. You know what the Big 12 is now? The AAC. It's well, not even the Big Twelve anymore. Cincinnati in
2: 1961 is the last time the
1: MVC won a national championship. So there you go. So when's the last time Slu won a national championship? I
2: think they have. They have won like the 40s. Did they? Like the 30s or something like that? I don't think so. I, did they have a? Did they ever win a championship they, in an era
1: where black people were allowed to play? I don't think so. Okay, then they haven't won a championship. All right, no need to Google it. We're way behind anyway. If you don't know that off the top of your head, you're not a real Billiken, so that's fine.
2: I've never, never claimed—I'm I'm also I'm not really a SLU basketball fan. It's just it's the basketball team in town that I like to watch and cover, and so I went to mm. Mizzou. I'm not really a Billiken fan. I just enjoy watching them and having, to, having really dumb conversations.
1: That's how he gets around the fact that he angrily tweets about SLU and is truly passionate about it. That's what people do when, when you you're, when you're passionate about something you're 100% then, correct. Then people make fun of you for you like it's just a goof. Just a goof. Yeah. I'm just messing around, bro. Come on. Like, come on, bro. I
2: did, yeah. There's not a lot of things get, I'm nerdy and passionate about.
1: That's like me talking about like Teen Wolf, the movie, not the TV show. I'm extremely passionate about the movie Teen Wolf and Back to the Future. Basically, the pictures of Michael J. Fox 85 to 88, which would also include The Secret of My Success, which is another great one too. 90s Michael J. Fox, eh, not much there. But 85 to 88-ish, Michael J. Fox? You got gold. All right, we went way too long there. Anyway, there was a Super Bowl yesterday. Chiefs won. Go Kansas City. All right, back after this.
0: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: All right, I got a few seconds here. You were just talking about that uh, Volkswagen commercial. Uh, yeah, where, you can't start your history in the 1950s if you're Volkswagen, sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, you could in theory in the 50s. The 50s, it was at least past, you know, where it was really terrible to be a German. But, you know, back in like the 40s, that's no good. And then I believe that, what was the, was it I Am I Said? Was that the song they played in the commercial? I believe that's so, That's yeah. Neil Diamond. I'm fairly certain Neil Diamond is Jewish. Or at least he was Jewish in uh, The Jazz Singer. Ah, uh, but I am. I said's a banger, by the way. Do, but like Sundays are for playing Yahtzee and listening to Neil Diamond in my home. LA is fine. The sunshine. He's a, mem- he a member of the tribe. Uh, he is. Mm-hmm. Look at that tribe called Quest. No, not that one. Oh, okay, he's just he's, he's in the Jewish tribe. Yes, that one. Also, again, I will I will speak on this every day for the rest of my life. I don't understand how a fan base of a team named after Native Americans refers to themselves as a kingdom. They're not a monarchy. You are, I don't believe, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, okay? Native Americans are not part of a monarchy. Like, if you said, hey, we are like king's kingdom, that would make sense. It would be redundant and stupid, but it would make sense at least. Chief's kingdom is stupid. It's no cardinal nation. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> All right, see you later. Bye.
0: You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.